and we are live let me plug my thing in so we don't go i don't lose you <laughs> okay everyone welcome to another author interview for our book launch of the don't be invisible be fabulous book number six a mal in her shoes oh my gosh what a story that also is just really a walk in the life of you dr kylie meet her kaylee kylie i say it wrong kaylee it's kaylee kaylee why yep. I, why am i getting tongue twisted with that and when as soon as it came out kylie i'm like well who is kylie not even spelled that way <laughs> my apologies like oh, kaylee it's not like i don't know it <laughs> thanks for being here and for me just having tongue tied today well, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm so excited. And, and I'm starting these things off today with being in very much gratitude and gratefulness of you coming along the journey to share your story in our book project. We, I am grateful. We all are grateful for you to share just this journey that you've been on. Um, so thank you. Well, I'm honored to be part of it. I'm honored to share my story. It's nice to have a different avenue to share, you know, besides just talking to friends, et cetera. Yeah. I know. And so what was it like stepping into like, I'm really going to tell my story. I'm going to step into being this author. What was that like for you? So the funny thing about this chapter is that I had started when, so my my chapter, my story is all about my journey with multiple sclerosis. Um, and I had started a book back in 2008 when I got diagnosed and I thought, okay, I'm going to just kind of tell over my first couple of months of struggling with the diagnosis and all of that, I'm just going to tell my story. And then my journey just kept taking all of these crazy twists and turns and I couldn't find the pathway. So I had this chapter, chapters written and I had it on my like literally five computers ago laptop that still that I kept just because I didn't want to get rid of the hard drive because I knew it had this book on it. Right. And then, you know, we had met previously and talked previously and then the book opportunity came and I thought, you know, at least I can get my story out in a chapter because at, the reality is I'm super busy and whether I ever finish that book, I don't know, but I finished that chapter. So it like forced me, and I was probably one of the worst on getting those deadlines. You're like, um, do you have that first draft yet? I'm like, oops, let me go get, let me go do it. <laughs> Cause no, you know, the each book takes a life of its own. And that's one of the things I really am really just in a zone with is that it's going to get published, you know, and it's going to come through. And even as much as you have going on in your life and you have two fabulous daughters and amazing husband and your practice. And I mean, you've got what you not even just your practice. You have another part of your business that you are doing. Um, and you are really a junkie for outdoors and Disney. <laughs> <laughs> All of the above is so true. <laughs> Absolutely. And so that was, you know, you were in the midst of that. And, you know, we were in a global pandemic, uh, yep. you know, which added some extra spice to all of our lives in some kind of way. 
Um, and so I was just like, it was just coming, like reminding, like, hey, get this in, get this in. And then it all comes through. And I love the beauty of how you told the story, how you, you know, shared it. You know, the, the beauty of everyone's story is for people and other women to read the stories to know that they can overcome if it's a diagnosis or if there's some kind of life event that happens, whatever it is, you get to choose who you want to be in it. And you, you tell the story in there about a shift you had when you were talking with another colleague and they were like, hey, no, no, right. this is not who you are. Right. Yeah. It, you know, and it, it's that moment. And I think I said it in the chapter, but it's that moment where it did like hit me like, whoa, you're right. You know, and I, I always say, I, I'm sure I would have come to it on my own. I'm sure at some point my, my inner thoughts would have said, Hey, Kaylee, this is not, this is not your reality. You can re-script it or, you know, change your path, but to hear it from somebody else was, it just helps. And so, you know, that's one reason why I'm glad to at least have gotten a portion, the majority of the story out so that somebody else might be struggling and hear it and go, Oh, that's right. You know, because we do get caught up. I mean, I admit in the book, I sat in bed crying for days, you know, when it first happened and, you know, I played the woe is me, poor me. And, you know, I mean, it seems silly now, but you know, it started with losing my eyesight. And I remember sitting in bed crying, like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to walk my, watch my daughters walk down the aisle? Okay. They were six and 10 at the time. I mean, they were years away from getting married and I had already jumped to, wow, I'm not gonna be able to see them walk down the aisle. You know, and it's, you know, and it's how our brains and our, how our mind works, you know, they jump to the worst case scenario and you've got to stop it. But the thing I love about, and I didn't know until you released the title and, and the, the images and things. And I think I talked about it in the chapter. One of my favorite things is high heels. And I've always like, that's always been my, my go-to for, hey, am I doing well or not? And I love stilettos and the higher, the better. And that the cover has a high heel and walking a mile in her shoes. And then it had to do with shoes. And I'm like, wow, is that so perfect or what? I know. I mean, that was downloaded. And I, you know, from reading everybody's chapter and then I interviewed Susan uh, before you an hour or so ago and hers was the most hardest chapter of everybody's chapter for me to get through um so between everyone else's chapter and her chapter and i'm thinking oh my gosh you how i mean it's always been so when you shared your story with me before i'm like oh my gosh because it could have went in a whole nother way we could have never met because you would have just been a victim and you would never be living full the life you get to live which would be tragedy to your family um if you hadn't done that and i thought how i mean the what had to happen within yourself to yes you do i believe get to have that moment where you get to be in a pity party and crying and like why it you know me i think that is a part of the process and then you get to choose how to continue it and you chose um, with a nudge to be like, no, this isn't how I'm going to be. And let me do something different, you know, and then everybody else. And so that's what they all were saying. And I was thinking, wow, I can't imagine, you know, how she got out of bed, how, what got her really to get out of bed, you know, 
and then I was thinking, everybody's like, how did these women get to a point where they literally woke up that day and said, I'm going to get out of bed and put one foot on the floor and the second one and walk and just do what I'm here to do in some kind of way. And I kept saying, God, what is this book telling me? What is it telling me? And I was like, ah, and then you look at every single one of you today, even if people know some of your backstory, but still, you know, they don't think about it. It's like, ah, would you, you know, they think, oh, you're successful. You're a doctor. You have this family. You do all these great things. I'm, you know, want her life. You know, people think they want everybody's life until you really do you want to walk a mile in her shoes to get it. You know, it comes with a price. Um, yeah. And that's what's like, ah, a mile in her shoes. Everybody can now walk a mile in her shoes. And I just happened to have, you know, a photo of me and some shoes. And I thought, how appropriate, because, you know, you got to own your own photos for books. And so I'm like, I had the perfect photo already there. It works. Oh, my gosh. How is sync? It was just in sync. It was just a line. So I think it's just appropriate for everybody's chapter that is just like a mile in her shoes. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, I'm really excited to read everybody else's chapters. I love hearing... Um, hearing from people that my story has inspired them or helped them or, you know, at least let them not be as terrified, you know, at least with specific diagnoses. But, you know, I mean, life is not, life is not easy. And I think one of the downfalls with social media and what it's become, like, I know personally, if I had Facebook and Instagram when I was in elementary and high school, I don't know where I'd be, Doris. I mean, the you know, the comparison trap and the, you know, comparing your first chapter to somebody else's 20th chapter and deciding you're not good enough. I mean, all that stuff that, that our youngsters are going yeah. through now is so difficult to watch. But um, yeah, people look at me like, oh, well, you just have a different kind of MS or you just have it easy. And they don't know all the struggles that I go through or have gone through and everything that I do to work on my own health and to, to make sure that I'm successful in my health, you know? And yes, what I put out on social media nine times out of 10 is like, my life is perfect, but there's a lot behind the scenes that people don't ever think about and don't know. And I think for me getting out some of those fears or some of those not so pretty scenes, you know, was a nice release, just like, let me just be honest and here it is, you know, kind of go from there. Yeah. You know, because I think with you, I mean, I can get people thinking, oh, you have a different kind of MS because you're active, but you, like you just mentioned to be active, it was, it's a health journey. It's a, you know, you had to do some different things differently in order to have your body be able to support you and really reverse what is happening and i think it's so powerful because you're on top of it, a doctor and there are plenty of doctors who don't think like you and don't operate in the space that you operate in in the in the mindfulness in the wellness and knowing how your body can really do it i, I guess is there somewhere that you do learn that and they just don't practice it or or what you know, at Bastyr, so I'm a naturopath. I did not go to allopathic medical school. I went to naturopathic medical school. And at Bastyr, and I don't know their current curriculum because I, crazy as it sounds, you know, it's graduated 26 years ago. Um, but, <laughs> I know. 
Um, but when my first semester in, at Bastyr, the first one of the first classes we take is Dr. He Physician Heal Thyself. And we had to go through counseling and we had to learn about like, we're, we have to be our first line of defense. And so we learned about treating ourselves. And then we really did learn about the mind body connection, you know, and unfortunately, I think that the allopathic or the traditional world is catching up or slowly getting there. But a lot of doctors and a lot of the training, you know, I mean, a cardiac emergency surgeon, like one of my best undergrad friends is, you know, a big wig at Chicago, it's cardio, cardiothoracic surgeon. He's not going to be talking to his patients about how did they feel when they got shot and, you know, what are they going to do? You know, so, I mean, there are definitely doctors like that, that we need. Right. And I respect them, but I think like you need that physician who's going to, you need somebody to like help you bridge it all together, you know, and you cannot separate in my mind, your mind, your spirituality, your physical health. I mean, if you feel like you are dying, then you can't like all of a sudden just be like, but I'm just going to go run a marathon. Like you need to get your whole, you need to get all of your levels of you on the same page. Right. Right. I think I answered your question. So that was what you pretty much did to be able to be the woman you are today doing all the things you get to do, right? It is. And, you know, there's a big part of it that was true. I mean, I'm not saying that I ever would have just stayed in bed and cried and given up my practice, et cetera. But having two young girls in the house, it, that was a huge thing for me is I couldn't let them see me let this take over. I couldn't let them see me not fighting, not trying to succeed. And so I needed them to, you can get through anything because, you know, women need to know that they can get through anything. Right. And I wanted to be able to raise two girls that, you know, felt like they could get through their, their obstacles. So that was a big push for me. And I tried to, you know, hide it at the beginning. When I first got diagnosed, I didn't ever mention the words MS or multiple sclerosis or anything. I didn't want to scare them. And then it just was like, well, I'm kind of lying to them and they need to know that this is, this is what I'm going through, but that it's not going to be, you know, I'm not going to follow in the classic footsteps of, you know, and things can change. And, you know, it, it is always still a question of what your future is going to look like, but it, you know, I could go out tomorrow and get hit by a car. Hopefully I don't, but you know, it. nothing's guaranteed. So you have to live every life, every day for the moments. You do, you have to live it very full and everything. And that is what to me you do represent. I think, you know, I don't personally know your daughters, but just from posts that you put on, you know, is that you've accomplished what you set out to do. Um, Cause now they are young, young women. Um, mm -hmm forging their path in life, you know, and seem pretty strong headed from things you say. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I have the one who moved cross country cause Washington state wasn't right for her. So she now lives 3000 miles away, but she's thriving and she loves it. You know, I've got the other one who sadly got part of the pandemic crisis cause she was supposed to be experiencing her freshman year of college this year. And, you know, hopefully her sophomore year will be better. But yeah, no, they're, I think I did my job and I, I think I mentioned it in the book too, but you know, they both used me as their, one of their college entrance essays. So yeah. 
hopefully I did my job. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. I mean, you'd be proud, to, you know, to get your kids to where you want them to be that, you know, you at least like, yeah, I, I like who they are as human beings and, you know, they're just on their own personal journey. But I also love it. I can't, I don't remember if you shared this in the book, but this is a story I know you told me. Um, but I'd love for you to share because I just think it's so amazing. Is that moment when you and your husband were um, biking, riding bikes, in, and you had to get down a crazy hill or mountain or something on the bike? Or was that right? Am I remembering that right? Are you talking about when we were doing the, when we biked down Haleakala on Maui? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yes. Talk about yeah. that. That's and I don't know if I talked about that in the book because that was more recently, but it was, um, it was always a dream. He loves, he's an adventure guy. And I'm like, oh, let's just go on this nice little walk, you know? <laughs> and he pushes me and that's a great thing. But he wanted to do, he wanted to hike a uh, bike Haleakala, which is the mountain on Maui. So we took the, van up to the top at sunrise and watch this amazing sunrise and we had a local one of the local park rangers was doing a, a traditional hawaiian like chant or hum and the sun's coming up over you know and it's just gorgeous and very like fulfilling and then we have to get on the bikes and i'm talking to the guy on the way down in the van because we like had to get off the top before we could get on the bike so we get we're on the way down to where we're gonna jump on the bikes and i'm like so when you come down behind me, can I flag you down? Cause I'm not biking this thing. And he's like, absolutely. I love to have friends on the way down. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Scott's like, you're not, you're gonna, you're gonna at least try it. And I mean, I did, I did it. And I biked the whole thing down and we're going back. I'm hoping this fall and I would love to do it again, just so I could try it without that fear. But you know, I leaned on those brakes the whole time. And I think I spoke to, um, a couple of other people had done it and they're like, oh, it's just so, just enjoy the moment. And it's just that fear of, ah, am I gonna fall? Am I gonna, you know, and you're on the edge of a, a very windy road going down a mountain, right? So there's cliffs on the side of you and you're like, ah, you know, but I did it, you know? And it's just that you've just got to get out of your comfort zone and see what you're capable of, you know? Yeah, I love the story for a lot of reasons, you know, the mere fact that, which goes back to what the story is all about. And for, and I want people to, to really understand is that, you know, it, none of that would be possible if you didn't get to the place where, you know, I am not going to be this diagnosis. I am not going to be it just because they said, this is what I have. I'm not going to be it. And you, and you trained your body and your mind to support you in getting to live so you can be as scary and fearful as it was and coming down. Gosh, but can you imagine if you didn't get to be that version of yourself? Yeah. You know, yeah, really that's what I think is incredible. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, and that's the thing is like when you make a decision that you're not going to be a diagnosis any diagnosis. I mean, people choose. I mean, we get to read about and hear about other people who accomplish, you know, feats against things that would take people out. Um, and they just said, no, you know, I'm just going to not, I'm going to do, this. but they make choices to be different food choices, exercise. So you talk about running, you know, running was a thing that supported you. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know. You know, when running came about, um, I was always a runner when I was younger. And then I got told by a good orthopedic friend of mine, like, you have really bad runner's knees, Kaylee, you need to stop. And so I stopped. Um, and then a girlfriend of mine, you know, you already mentioned my obsession with Disney. Um, a girlfriend of mine asked me if I wanted to run the Princess Half Marathon with her, which is a run that Run Disney does at Disney World in February. And it's all women or it's supposed to be all women. <laughs> um, and I thought, yes. And at that point, my girls were a little bit older. I'm like, Disney World, friends, no kids. Let's do it. Right. So I trained and I'm the kind of person if I'm say I'm going to do something, I'm not going to kind of do it. I'm just going to do it. So it's kind of like all or nothing. Um, so I trained for it and I was so excited to be able to run this race. And while I was training, this was going to be my only race because I hated every minute of training. It was horrible. <laughs> and then um, I got to Disney World and um, ended up being part of what they they don't do them anymore, but they used to have these meetups before the race weekends. And so I met all these other runners there. And I just, I learned that the community of runners were so supportive and it's hard in today's world to find just people who want to support you for you yeah. and not be competitive and not, you know, it's kind of like polka dots, which polka dot powerhouse, which is where we met. Like it's a group of women who, and we're all entrepreneurs, we're all business women in our own right, but we all support each other. And we're not like, oh, well, my my blah is better than your blah. You know, it's like, no, we, we can all have our own versions and still support each other. So, you know, running to me, it's the running really helped me physically, but the community that I learned existed was just, I think the other push that I needed, just like love, you know, like finding a group of people that they're all over the world, you know, they're all over the country. It's not like they're my next door neighbors, but I just found these people that were so supportive. And, you know, if I was having a bad day, I could talk to them, you know? Yeah, which is so great. So what is your thoughts around owning this author title now? I don't know if I've actually acknowledged it yet. I mean, I'm excited. To, it will probably come when I get the book in hand and I see my name and I kind of go, oh, yeah, I wrote that. And it's out there for the world to see, you know. Um, it's always been something that I've wanted to do. You know, when I was first out of school, I was going to write a book about this or that or the next thing. I mean, I don't know. I always had these ideas in my head, like, let me write a book. I never wanted to be an author of like, even though I love chick flick movies and, you know, chick lit books, I've never wanted to do that kind of book. I've always wanted to help people. And so, but it's just fun that I've gotten a chapter out and who knows, you know, maybe I'll decide like, Hey, let me take that chapter and expand on it or go in a totally different route and talk about just, you know, how we can age and feel amazing as we get older. You know, it's a new. Oh, yes. I think that is the one, the most, I think that subject needs to be talked about aging really fabulously as you get older and that you can, because there is, you know, I was home recently visiting, you know, home, my mom who's 95 and my sisters and they're much older, but you know, I, have such a different viewpoint of aging um, just because I've learned so much different things from different people who speak 
and live different ways as you get old and just to not and to, to see um the, the 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 really the status quo of most people think aging really does mean aging just being old and yeah. and i I think the biggest thing for me was like my dad died when he was 93. My mom's still in the world and she's 95. My dad was never old, but my mom is old. Right. And it was like, I actually, I, it is crazy because I will see, have a patient come in who, you know, a new patient and they're 58 and without me, because I don't always look at their age or their birthday when they first come in. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, wow, like in mid seventies. And then I look at their age, I'm like, whoa, you know, and then I have patients who are like 84 and living on their own and bring me in tomatoes and cucumbers and all these garden things. And they're still gardening and they're out there. And, you know, and I've, I've never asked like, what did you do to make 84 seem like 52? And what did you do to make 52 seem like 84, you know, but definitely there is young old people and there are old young people, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't necessarily think it's all in the mind, but it has to do with staying active, staying happy. I think being happy and just leading a fulfilled life helps you feel younger. And then, you know, I mean, obviously there are definitely other things that you can do to make yourself feel young and vibrant. Um, but you shouldn't, like I always tell people, you don't need to feel lousy as you get older. Like right. that's, old does not mean I'm going to be, you know, walking with a cane and, you know, the classic old lady walking across the street that needs help in like, um, you know, the, the old sitcoms, you know, it doesn't have to be that it, you can still be out there. I mean, my grandmother, may she rest in peace now. She, um, she was in her mid to late seventies and she was a ballerina all her life. And she had these, her whole life, gorgeous long legs. Right. So here I am like freshman in college, senior in high school, down in Florida, visiting her. And she is at the restaurant that she loved to frequent on the table dancing. And everybody at the restaurant's like, go Evelyn. You know, I mean, she was never old. Well, she, she got there, but when she was vibrant and her health was optimal, she, she didn't care how old she was. She was playing tennis every day. She was dancing on tables, you know? So I hope I stay and just dance like, I, although I'm not a dancer. I, the dancing ended with this person. My mom could dance. This one, mm -mm, no dancing. <laughs> well, I know I my my whole thing is I want to live till I'm 130. You know, since my chiropractor said people are living longer, I was like, well, I'll just live till I'm 130. But the, to do so, I must be in really good optimal health and I still want to be wearing heels and all that stuff. And it's just like, I can see it now. I can see it now to be fabulous. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing that says that you can't dance and wear high heels at 95. You I know. know Maybe. Yes. Yeah. No. There's a woman I follow on Instagram, a senior style Bible. And she's, she's all about the heels. She's 80 something close to 90. Uh, and she looks amazing and is just full of life and everything. And, wears really cute clothes and stuff. She's not frumpy and old. And oh my God, I was like, thank you for modeling this. Please, thank you for me to see. Cause I'm like, I am headed that road too. <laughs> well, and you know, the other thing, it's not even age. Like 
so I became a Peloton, Peloton junkie this year um, with the pandemic, you know, so I, in, in addition to running, I now bike. And one of the instructors in the class he does, his name's Cody, and he does this one class where he'll do a little in the middle of the class, he'll do question and answer. So he'll, you can send in your questions and he'll answer them. And somebody said, you know, I'm 52. Is it too old for me to be in a bikini? Right. And he's, and Cody's sense of humor, he's just, he's hysterical, but he's like, girl, it doesn't matter. You can wear one piece. You can wear a thong. You can go naked. You are working on your body. Just get out there and be you and be proud of it, you know? And that's the thing. Like, it doesn't matter, you know? I mean, yes, you know, if I'm going to go to a naked beach, I probably don't want my kids there with me when they're now adults, but you know, I mean, and I don't go to naked beaches regularly. Let me tell you, never been. <laughs> but, you know, if you're comfortable in yourself, own it, you know, and that's the thing. Like, if you want to wear high heels and a mini skirt at 92, go for it. You know, you just need Absolutely. to just be loosely. And if you just own it. But I just think that whole time, I'm, I'm so glad you're in that space of aging, healthy and fabulously and you know, in a way that just, you get to live, you know? You have so yeah. much, you get all this knowledge as you get older. You might as well have it and be vibrant and still living life and doing things, yeah. Well, and a lot of people, I mean, it's it's kind of sad the way our society in general is. You work until retirement age, right? Which could be anywhere from 52 to 72, depending on where you stand financially. And then at that point, you're like, oh, okay, finally I can live. But, you know, something tragic might happen. You know, it's like you can't just wait right. until that next step. Like you've got to be living and figure out your life, how it's going to work for you and live every moment to the fullest, you know. And I'm not awesome at it. I don't do it all the time. I have my miserable days. You can ask my husband or my mother or my girls, I'm sure. They'll be like, whoa, Kaylee's on a mood, you know. And you can't be perfect all the time. I mean, I try to be perfect, but you can't always be perfect, you know, because everyone, can be fabulous. fabulous. But you can always be fabulous. You can be fabulous 24-7 in spite of life. Oh, I can be fabulously grumpy. Let me tell yeah. you. Absolutely. Because that's really just, that's for real. Oh, yes. I know how to snap at people and get very short-tempered. Very, I am fabulous at that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I was like, yeah. And so, yeah. But um, yeah, the embodiment of the author is is quite a journey. It will be quite intriguing to hear, you know, we'll, we'll come back to something live after we've gotten the book published and everybody's gotten the book and gets to really be like, oh my God, I know this is real, but this is real because I see it. I feel it. People are reading my story and then really spill on how that really now is like, cause that's a whole nother, it's another place of ownership and embodiment of who you get to be in the world. And, you know, you can take it wherever you want to take it, you know, to the next level speaking and, you know, anything you want to do really after you've written the book. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm so excited to have you on this journey. I said that earlier. I'll say it again because I'm just in so much gratitude. Um, our book will be out soon. 
but any um any closing words you want to say um i know i think i've kind of said it all um just you know take every moment as it is and find the positive and if it's a negative it's meant to teach you something right i mean that's the one thing probably i learned in the last five ten years is even those negatives, even those failures, are, there's something positive that you are meant to learn. I know in my neuro-linguistic programming training and things, you had to look at the negatives and there was something that you needed to learn to move forward. So even in the bad times, figure out what you are meant to learn from that so you can go forward and, and be fabulous. Ah, so true, so true. Well, everybody, this is a wrap. This is the amazing, talented, adventurous, brave Dr. Kylie McDonald and her chapter in the book, A Mouth in Her Shoes. I think you will love it. It's going to be, it's a great read. So I think so. She thinks so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, everybody. Remember, don't be invisible. Be fabulous. Bye.